Brother, hot washing time. It's Friday. We're chilling. It's not actually Friday, but hey, you know what? It doesn't matter. But here's the deal, man. What do you consider a greatest of all time? Because to me, you know, hey, it it could be anything. It's different. It's different for everybody's perspective. But you, you know, what what do you got for me, brother? Yeah, I mean, this is a conversation that's obviously come up since uh, Tom Brady proved himself to be certainly the the goat of NFL players uh, on Sunday uh, with his his, uh, Super Bowl win with the Buccaneers and proving that he doesn't need the Belichick system uh, to win. And, you know, as somebody that just – I probably enjoy watching Gronk play as much as I do Brady. Oh, I do too. Um, I'm looking forward to next year. I mean, why not? Why are they not going to win a year, uh, another year? Tom never gets hit. He has more fun than anybody playing. Uh, but immediately after the game is over, you know, it, it just this downward spiral of, no, he's not the GOAT. And it wasn't Tom Brady hating, saying, you know, Joe Montana should be it, or this person, that person in the NFL. It was the broader spectrum of, well, what about Venus Williams? Then what about mm-hmm. Simone Biles? What about Michael Phelps? And it just keeps rolling. And to me, um, I'm kind of looking at this sitting back going, they're, they're all GOATs, like, I can't have a goat farm. Um, yeah. They're kind of incomparable. And when you do these uh, menial comparisons like, well, Tom's only won seven Super Bowls and uh, Serena's won 30-some-odd majors, it's, it's different things. Uh, and unless you're going to get all these goats together in their prime and run like a decathlon, which to me, historically, yeah. that's probably the only true measure uh, to get everybody on the same page, we just got to admit they're all – all amazing. Uh, that's yeah, and it. With, and, yeah. and their respective categories. Exactly. And the thing is with, you know, I'm not a huge sports guy. Everybody, everybody in my, my little specter spectrum knows that, but I do know that Brady went from one winning team and they tried to say, Hey, it was the whole team. He brought Gronk with them. They went down to Tampa and they're in the Super Bowl, and they win it. So, I mean, what are the chances, man? And yeah. what, this is Tampa Bay's second time ever making it to the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah. Well, and he had guys like, and, and it's the thing with uh, with me being a sports guy. I come across this one, but my sports knowledge uh, ended a bunch of years ago because I think a lot of times, like, I was never a big fan of any particular team. I didn't grow up mm-hmm. in a specific place, so it's, you know, I don't, um, I don't bleed, you know, steel or yellow or anything like that. I always liked interesting players, and even with uh, Brady, I actually I lived in New England at the time he became quarterback. I remember the game when uh, Drew Bledsoe, which by the way, um, everybody hated Drew Bledsoe uh, <laughs> out out there. It was just to the point it was funny, and and there was a great ESPN documentary on Drew. Uh, I think it's really really insightful. But he got literally knocked out of the game in this nobody, I think seventh round draft pick. Uh, pretty boy Tom Brady comes in mm-hmm. and he just starts winning. And um, I don't think he's aged physically a no. single day from that time. I don't know what he does. Um, you know, some might say it's a supermodel girlfriend, but there's other people with supermodel girlfriends and they're old and gray. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's just one of those things where it's interesting. I mean, you get in this conversation, um, you know, NBA, the only – the only person I'd ever undisputed say, and it's the guy sitting over my right, you know, Michael Jordan is the greatest. Michael of all Jordan. Time, um, hands down. And it's, it's one of these things where, yes, you can contextualize things against, um, 
you know, the, the current generation. Well, LeBron's better. Kobe is better. Uh, no, the, like none of none of them are who they are without Jordan. And with Jordan, you no. might go back and say, what about Dr. J, you know, Dr. J or, or Bill Russell? Well, they didn't have the acumen uh, of interacting with fans and the business side. That was the change. The business side. And now that yeah. you bring in a whole different aspect because a lot of times when you talk about a GOAT, you talk about they're almost like their popularity. And because they're popular – probably one of the reasons they're popular is because they have so much winning behind them. But the thing about that is Jordan went beyond. I mean, he took the right business decisions and he just boom Mm -hmm. into the billions range when it comes to like, you know, overall global market. And it's the same thing with Serena Williams. We bring that up Brady. I don't think he took his popularity and pushed it as far as he possibly can yet. I mean, you could always see him kind of jumping into something else later on. Politics, but as far man. as it comes to marketing and stuff like that, I don't know. I mean, the guy just does his thing. Yeah, yeah. No, he's seen, I think that's kind of the, the odd part about him. I mean, there's not a lot of uh, flashy quarterbacks really anyways. I mean, no. um, you know, Mahomes certainly is not. He's a pretty, you know, humble dude. Um, I mean, the flashiest guys that are decent in the league, uh, weirdly enough, I'd say like a Cam Newton type that was who replaced Brady and stumbled and fell. Um, he, he's got a really good fashion sense, I'll say that. He's, he wears some pretty <laughs> pretty fun clothes. But um, I think that's always been the interesting part. And, again, I think you, it's why you and I want to talk about this, is you can relate kind of the underlying um, – thought process here to, to normal life to, to everybody else which is you've got these quarterbacks which are essentially you know they're they're the leader of the team or at least should be and mm-hmm. oftentimes they're not the fancy one they're not the one that's out there it's it's oftentimes yeah. the running backs the wide receivers some you know freak of a human um you know defensive end or, or linebacker and you know these quarterbacks are basically these these quiet ceos of their team and um, well you know they just want to win and that comes back to the generalization of everything we always talk about too, is like we're on, we're on social media right now. We're talking social media right now. This is our brand. This is our thing, part of our brand. And the thing with the quarterback is they have all the focus on them all the time. And all these other players are kind of almost interchangeable and they have to build their brand. And that's why a lot of times you see their specific, Hey, you know, they're flashy dancing in the end zone or, or this, they're, their clothing line or they're this or that their mom selling soup, anything, but they had like with the Brady's and the Mahones and all that, they just kind of, they're there yep. and they have name and brand recognition already built in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I think we can kind of even transition some of the thought here, at least the underlying, you know, cultural conversation argument to just the best, um, you know, you and I've talked before mm-hmm. and, you know what's the best hamburger in and out or you know it always comes out in and out and what a burger right yeah i mean at the end of the day who cares in reality the best burgers the one that i'm sure was cooked at somebody's backyard barbecue i guarantee mm-hmm. you it's not those but you know even with uh especially here in texas and certainly other parts of the country you know best barbecue is franklin's barbecue no it's not franklin's barbecue the reason it's not is i'm not waiting four hours for anything it, to me it, that it's a ding like it I doesn't want bar- matter it's in my best, hand i need to eat it to enjoy the best it. burger is what the best burger is for you in yeah. your specific taste yeah or if you have covid you don't have any taste so it doesn't yeah. matter what you're <laughs> eating you so just just go eat an mre it's like the yeah. same damn thing 
Hey, you'll make you'll make it happen. But I mean, it's it's those things. And again, I don't even I already would say this to say don't have fun, don't have arguments. It's you know, it's just one of these like the de-evolution of, of conversation where, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you, somebody will say like, well, I don't I don't like Girl Scout cookies. Oh, my. Oh, my God. You don't yeah. like Girl Scout cookies to me. I'm just like, oh, I, I want to know. I'd love to know why. Is there a story? But, you know, if, if you love Girl Scout cookies, then my simple mind goes, well, then I get more of them. Like, 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 like yeah, why exactly. I don't want you to like them because was, then I have more inventory available. But you know, I, I find myself doing this is like if I see so much negativity and so much BS coming from someone specific's mouth, yeah. I just block them. I don't need yep. that in my life. Yeah. I don't know if it has to do with just getting older or just, you know, you go through I'm 48. So you go through, you know, most of your life without social media. And then all of a sudden you have social media before it was like the only time you ever caught up with high school people is either at a 10, 20, 15, 30 year reunion. And then you're like, oh, we'll keep in touch. Um, but now it's like you're constantly. Yeah. I, do I care about someone I went to high school with if they care about what burger or who the goat is or who this and and then they always want to argue yeah. if you don't agree with them. And that's where we need to take this conversation next is. Do we have to always, uh, there is no middle ground. How do we get back to that middle ground? Yeah, You know, I, I it's think... in, it's, let's just fuck politics. We're not even going to talk about politics, yeah. but in general, well, it's you just, know, it's just the conversation. And it's interesting you mentioned the whole high school thing is I want to say probably three times in the last, you know, 20 plus years, I've had this, this like desire to, to reconnect. Now, mind you, I went to high school, in Massachusetts, um, I literally just lived where I lived for high school. Uh, up until that time, um, I'd essentially been in a different school every single grade, um, various times moving around the country. Mm-hmm. And I, so I never really had a, an attachment to it. And uh, I'd say a good portion of the school was um, was more locals. They weren't a lot of transplants. You know, so be it. Uh, but the reason I say this context is where a lot of that type of people end up going aren't where I'm going. Uh, not that I'm better or they're better than me, but our, our similarities like begin and end in attending high school together. But I want to reach out because there's still this desire to connect with people that you had shared experiences with, but the medium in which it now exists on, I don't want, like, I don't want all their crap. And so Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you pointed out like a, a number of us grew up with no social media, you know, up through and past college and if you were to go reconnect with a, a high school reunion, it is, it's that moment. And then you will keep in touch, which yep. really meant nothing other than like, that's just a cordial way to interact with somebody. And now everybody wants to be Facebook friends, but then we're having to see stuff that we wouldn't interact with. And so mm-hmm. it, I, I think that's really the challenge is you're, you have a, a conflict between what, our our brain and our heart and our soul do to connect with other humans with how we connect and the only way to do it and i tell this to kids too i said they don't even know any better because they've been growing up with this for so long but you wouldn't pay any attention to that negativity on the streets never you wouldn't even approach it you'd literally just walk the other way that's what blocking is that's what unfollowing is and And you've got to be okay with it you have no social responsibility to connect with everybody or or just not even high school friends. Let's just say you go to a party, you end up starting a conversation with someone, they get really negative. You're like, Oh, I know that guy over there. And you go and you go talk to him. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is 
everybody, you know this, especially because you just went through a really horrible loss, is that the sin eaters, the empaths, and then you have the fake ones, yeah, yeah. the ones that want to look visually like they're involved and that they're there for you, but they're really not. But then like you have the, the true empaths who are like, they see all of this going on and they're like, I have to help that person. I have to help this. And the social media gets them overwhelmed Absolutely. and they just feel like they have to help. And it's like, why are all these people putting the burden of their personal life onto a platform? Yeah. Cause they're uh, not, I mean, they like to, you, you like to un, unload, Hey, you know what? Life sucks sometimes. Yeah. Well, but you I, don't I, have to tell everybody that. I think that in it's, in it's learning how to segment people, um, mm-hmm. and even some of the platforms have, have inserted features which allow you to do this. But I, I think we've been so far removed from, you know, normal real life that we don't know how to implement them. So like yeah. Instagram, for instance, <clears throat> it has the like close friends. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the good thing about, and I actually have a handful of friends, I think use it really, really well. And I, I can tell behind the scenes, they've consciously taken time to segment the, you know, 2000 people they're following or following them mm-hmm. with the 20 that they actually care about. And you can see it, especially in their stories, because it shows in green. Um, I think that's great. And so they still are able to give those insights into both, you know, the struggles and the wins, which really that's, you know, that's for those close people. And then they give the more, the, the, those general, the people they meet at the party, the people they work with, mm-hmm. the people, you know, the, those relationships that in reality, they have an opportunity to grow, but they, they need to, uh, they need to happen in another arena as opposed to just tossing bombs at each other about absolute nonsense. Cause that was what happened every time I try to enter, you know, reinteract with, um, people in my high school. And, and, and these yeah. are people by all intents, or like again, good people, successful, all that, and so on that level, ah, cool. But then you start to get in there underneath it, and I'm like, man, I don't really like your your life motivation and mine are like way different. And yeah. I like there's a there's a conflict there that's going to hurt me and my family just seeing it. Like you said, it's you end up feeling mm-hmm. it, and ends up bringing you down. And I don't want to argue on the internet. That's that's a waste of time. Now I like supporting people. Yeah. Um, if I have good friends on there and they're going through some tough shit and they're using Facebook as an outlet to say, Hey, you know what, everybody that you're my close friends, this is what's going on in my life. Um, but like you said, they limit it. They limit their interactions to people who they want to know. Like me, I have, th- you know, because this is the brand. So my Instagram was total brand. Um, I don't have my kids on there anymore. Yeah. I had two different accounts at one time, but one, um, thanks to the Instagram, algorithm or whatever they deleted it so yeah. anyway i had to get rid of the personal one. and i'm like you know what? that's fine facebook i have a personal one um uh, but i stopped i stopped really using it as a personal one yeah because i don't want my family on there anymore like you want to look at the kids kids when they're little kids fine yeah. but i don't want to put any current stuff on there and then i also had the branded pages and i'm like if when it starts to become work it's not worth it yeah and Twitter is a minefield. I I just I go on air just to see if there's something going on yep. that I need to know about right now. But other than that, I just I stay the fuck away from Twitter. Well, t- Twitter be a fun one where it's like you and I could have a have a show where literally right before the show starts, we go click on the the hashtag the trends. Yeah. And then spend two minutes on each one because that's what I go. It's it's more 
Twitter's a pulse of the people, for better or for worse. <laughs> I know, uh, man. Often for worse. But then a lot of people don't realize, too, uh, how much a whole bunch of other factors impact things behind the scenes with what gets served up to you based upon yes. your previous interactions over time, where you are, what other stuff's going on. and Served I mean, up to you. There'll exactly. just be times where you and I could pull that up and even be on like the United States version, not the local ones, and suddenly like what's important happening where you are as somebody in the United States and me as somebody in the United States are going to be two completely sto different stories. And well, you know what? Let's ridiculous. do that right now. That's We're going to pull up Twitter. Let's see what's going on in Twitter land right now. Um, trending. There it is. Trending. We have uh, Clarice. The new silence is over. You see, they're paying for that promoted. Yep. So you're not even getting the real deal. Uh, women in science training Fort Worth. What's going on in Fort Worth? They Five people big, dead. Massive uh, car car crash. Like, See, I didn't know about that. I hardly even look at the uh, yeah. the trending. See, I, I always look at these to see. Well, and notice that you probably have the first tab. It says, I guess you're looking at trending, not for you. Um, yeah. Those are slightly different. But, like, my number one is Dave Ramsey, you know, Women's Science, Fort Worth. Uh -huh. um, National Roast Day. Yeah. Roast me. Huh. Let's, like, you know, oh, it's food. I thought it was, like, roast. Yeah. Godzilla box set. I can go with that. But I think that's what's so funny about this. Yeah. And, and to me, when I – I can't help but most of the time, especially if you allow yourself to look at like the top 10 trending. Yes. A lot of people go, oh, my goodness, life's horrible. I look at it and I'm like, wait a second. Okay. Number four is about freaking soccer. Number yeah. five is about a video game. Number seven's about a football coach. Yeah. You know, like to me, like this is, this to me, I'm like, hey, life is good. I mean, yeah. and then, and, and you know. When you go to for you, it's going to be me. It's going to be like all like politics and crap. And it's just, yeah. Depending on, and Gina, poor Gina Corano. I don't even want to think about that. Yeah. And then uh, let's look up this uh, Epic Game Store. What is it? Is it, I haven't even heard of this. Epic Game Store is another for anybody. Any gamers is uh, it's like a Steam or just another place to, be able to oh, buy okay. stuff. Um, but this is this, this is pretty. So Kingdom Hearts is actually a really good game uh, for anybody that likes the Disney brand. Um, oh, okay. It's a fun. It's just a it's a fun game, and it's been on consoles, uh, Xbox and hmm. PlayStation for the longest time. And my gut says the reason why it's a big deal that's coming to PC is because ah. the, they should be able to upgrade the, the graphics. Cause it's beautiful. I mean, it, it is extremely uh, beautiful, but you know, then you look at all the, the comments and people are ripping into it because it's, you know, this game's been out for ever. Yeah, but you know, so many people go back and look at, you know, here's my favorite one. Luke's uh, entertainment. That's all I really care about. Yeah. But so many people play the old games. Oh Yeah. You know? They're fun. They're simple. They're like, they're not so. They're not so complex. Um, so that's. Yeah, but it's like you know, and utilizing utilizing this in the context of kind of what we've been talking about is it's there's. You don't having these having relationships. You don't have a responsibility to yeah. have to interact with everybody that comes across you know your your technological minefield there i mean it it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense to do it it's not sustainable it's not possible and i think that's why so many people 
excuse me, end up driving themselves crazy attempting to do so, it typically because they actually have good intention. You know, they they want to. Like you said, if you're a, if you're an empath or even have a little bit of empathy, you just generally want to be there for others. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have the other side of this, and I've seen this professionally. Uh, is so many people are cynical that yes. they don't believe me when I'm like, hey, you know, now that we're because th- there's two different things. You got your personal network and your professional. Mm-hmm. Like once I allow you in my professional personal network, sorry, professional network, like we're connected. If you need something from me, I might say no, but I will field it. I will, you know, you may ask yeah. me. It better be legitimate. Um, but you know, I, I've had people get offended when I've said, Hey, you know, I just really appreciate you know, us being connected. If there's anything I can do for you or how can I serve you? Well, what do you mean? Um, you know, or I've had, I've had some people think I was making a sexual advance on them by asking how I can <laughs> serve them. I'm like, what, did you just watch, you know, the, the, one of those BDSM movies that suddenly made them way into the movie theaters, uh, get your mind out of there. Uh, well, that's yeah. the thing though, is too, is like, you know, you don't have to, you know, it's hard to find people who are truly authentic. And that's why a lot of people are cynical because there's a lot of times the social media, you know, I've been really good at avoiding it and blocking people who have become like, kind of like either a nuisance or they're just, they're not authentic. So a lot of people have that same cynicism. I can't even, you know, cynical or whatever, but they're just like that, man. And, but it's such negativity. It's like, man, I don't really need that in my life. No. I don't. It's not. There's, there's too much that's good. Um, you know, and that's, again, you know, your father as well. And I think one of our duties as parents and certainly as fathers is to remind our kids and, and remind younger younger men especially as well. Like, uh, life overall is good. Life also is trying to kill you at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I was, I was talking about earlier today with somebody else. But, um all things considered, even the worst of all situations, and it's it's still okay. Uh, it, now it doesn't excuse poor situations, and I know you, you know you do a lot of work with uh, you know with with child trafficking and stuff, and like that's horrific. Mm-hmm. But even with that stuff going on, the fact that so many people have an eye on it and are are trying to make it better, and you know whether it's within the law or outside of the law, um, that's that's a huge thing because guess what? that child trafficking is just a byproduct of humanity, which is sad to say, but that's just what it is. And I think that's one of those just realities. And we probably said on the last show and you might said a lot, like I personally, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not a uh, full subscriber to to stoicism, but I think one of the most simplistic sides of it is just, you know, it's the contentment or it's the, the, um, just appreciating things as they are in a very yeah. simple and, sh- and shallow way, not meaning because you have no depth, but not allowing it to sink too deeply because there's plenty of other emotions you can experience, but wasting your time on things that you know you can't have an impact on. And yeah. I've had that argument too. Well, you know, you should care about it. Well, I do, but it's number 77 on the list, and I'm intelligent mm-hmm. enough to know that I can only address the first six on the list at a time. Well, and you know, so that's the one thing I, I wanted to about talk it. about is the wheelhouse. Yeah. You know, if you look at my social media, you see a, a snapshot of my life, and I only put the things that are in my wheelhouse. So child trafficking, one of them. Trafficking in general, human trafficking. Um, what is the other thing? So I teach cybersecurity. I don't put any of that on social media, but that is another thing in my wheelhouse. The other thing is toxic and burn pit exposure. That's the other thing in my wheelhouse. 
podcasting protectors wheelhouse. So you're seeing a snapshot of my life and people are probably like, he's got his foot in all sorts of things. And I'm like, well, those are the things that I enjoy at this part of my life. I don't enjoy child trafficking and trafficking like that. I want to shine a light on it and I want to use my expertise in order to affect change. And that's the same thing with everything I do. If I'm not moving in the right direction with anything in my wheelhouse, I take it out. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing is you can have more than one thing in your wheelhouse. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's it's figuring out what those things are. And for some, I mean, mine, I, I look like I have this broad kind of all over the place look and my wheelhouse is people and problem solving uh somewhat yeah. independent of a lot of the specificity just again it how my mind works does not get deep into the emotion of it not because i'm not emotional i'm a very emotional person but with a lot of things i've worked on over the years really where others fail is they get too emotionally invested or involved in something and it sends them down the wrong track or they, mm-hmm. they go about it the wrong way. Or they won't allow others to help shore up areas where they have weakness. I presume I, I've got a mass amount of weakness. I've unlimited weaknesses and I like finding the right people that also are, you know, emotionally invested where they need to and other areas mm-hmm. where they're not. And that's where, you know, look at something like human trafficking that there's a combination of both of those. And again, it's a really just horrific situation, but you've got a portion of that community that's trying to stop it. That's extremely emotionally invested, but can still speak well about it. But if you're not emotionally invested, it's not going to move the, the needle of the general public to pay attention. I think that's actually one of the challenges that's that of why it's gotten to where it is today. But on the other hand, you've got a bunch of other people that it's not that they emotionally don't care, but their focus is the action of it. It's yes. okay. How do we, how do I actually go? And like I said, whether it's inside or outside of the law, and I mean, you and I are both aware of, of both pathways on that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, they just go, you know, it's the go get shit done. It's that simple. And I think, with a lot of things, it's that balance of both and even the relationships you have or the self-awareness of knowing where you sit on that spectrum inside of where your wheelhouse is. That's that combination of where, you know, perhaps you could become a goat, uh, bringing it full circle uh, <laughs> in, you know, in your area of expertise. And I think that's something that's uh, certainly worth trying to strive for. Yeah. And when it comes to the goat, it doesn't have to be a world renowned expert. You can be the goat within your community. Dude, there's yeah. there's some people that are absolutely fascinating that we will not discover or learn about. And I mean, shoot, there's histories, half the books we've read. You don't learn about mm-hmm. them until well after they die. And it's not, you yeah. know, some artist that only became famous. It's just their work that all they they were so focused on that specific work and not on any mm-hmm. sort of recognition or accolade. Um, and that made them the greatest of what they were doing. And I think that's, again, that's a hard thing to juggle in, you know, our, our culture today where we do, I mean, heck you and I are sitting behind cameras right now yeah. talking to each other. All right. It's, it's, it's self, it's, ide- it's ideation promotion. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of times, and I have to stop myself with this, like I immediately am always going, okay, how do I get this concept or idea on, you know, behind a camera or, you know, at a mic. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of work that's done behind closed doors, quietly, head down, in group, cranks out some data that then causes other action. And we all have different responsibilities within that. And so it's, you know, 
some people are good at shedding light or distilling ideas down to a way to where others can create more action, which allows it to, to snowball and grow and you can, you can make more of an impact. And others are behind the scenes, boots on the ground, you know, figuring out, you know, the efficiencies of the actual cause that they're trying mm-hmm. to fight. Lots to talk about, brother. Lots to yeah, talk about. Always. Well, you always. know, I'm glad we got to talk about the uh, the goat. Yeah. And Tom Brady. You know what? Big props to you. Big Absolutely. props, man. And the other thing too is this. You know, next week we won't be talking about the the social media spectrum because we're we're killing that one, man. But the truth is, focus, <laughs> focus, Absolutely. focus, focus. And don't focus on negative energy that you're going to get from some of the social media where it is just, hey, you know what? Everything in my life sucks. And now you have to understand that. I don't need to understand that. If I could help you in any way, let me know. But I don't need to know that every waking second, you know, my my coffee mug broke, my dog pissed on the ground or anything. I don't need to know that. No, you don't. You don't. Well, and I, and I, I, just, I mean, you know, again, my, you know, my, my wife died in early December, right? Uh, and I mean, just a, it, it, this is just to prove the point. Like the quick snapshot is, uh, in conjunction with that. And since then I've ha- I, I still don't have a stove or sorry, a range top in my beautiful house to, to cook on. Um, water heater exploded three weeks later in my, you know, in my, uh, attic and another one of my HVAC systems go out earlier today. Like, I mean, dude, that that's the part that I can't narrate. Now I will yeah. I will jokingly or, or you know I guess it's kind of the dark humor. I'll, I have close friends. I I would talk with you. I'd talk with a handful of other people and say, man, you know, if you said how's your day today, I'm gonna say, dude, it's friggin' sucks. But <laughs> you know what? There's a lot of other good stuff going on. And I think that's really the the, the challenge is when you start to as as somebody uh, if you are one that tends to lean negative with the information you're sharing, it's having the self-awareness that that's happening and you're actually then training your mind to seek that mm-hmm. out. And it, it, to a degree, um, you're almost creating a self-fulfilling prophecy because you're only able to see the negative. Now, as an aside, you may need clinical help. You may need to go <laughs> find a therapist in all, in all seriousness. Uh, yeah. A lot of people have that, but um, there's also a lot of people that, don't have those deeper seated ones. And it's because you end up getting yourself into a group of people that just thrives and lives off of that negativity. I um, got to remove yourself. Back when we used to actually go to offices and stuff like that, I used to call it the 90, 10 perspective. So I used to have a negative Nancy that was um, in the office and I I went up and I told them, look, 90% of your day has to be positive. You have 10% that you could use towards negativity, but the rest of the day, you have to be 90% positive. And so what you find yourself doing, and I had to do this myself too, because whenever I got negative, I found myself saving up that 10%, you know, and at the end of the day, I didn't, I never used it, if that makes sense. So if you consider to tell yourself, when I walk up to someone, do I need to tell them I'm having the shittiest day of my life? Do I need to tell them that, you know, whatever happened, you know, my dog pissed on the floor, my kids woke me up at two in the morning. They don't need to know that. That's the negativity that I can keep inside myself and deal with it. Because with that negative energy you do, you feed off of it. And then you have the one-uppers who are like, oh, that happened to you? Well, this happened to me. And it just keeps feeding and feeding and feeding. Yeah. Your dog died? 
two of my dogs died after we ate the other one. Uh, yeah, to, exactly. to your point, I, I had a boss, uh, real early on in my professional career and, um, probably one of the most helpful things he ever said, uh, it was both in the, it was a, it was a personal and professional comedy. He said, anytime anybody asks you how business says or is say it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And he says the reason is because it could be incredibly good or incredibly bad. It's up to that person <laughs> then to want to dig deeper. If they want to dig deeper and you want to have that conversation, go down that path. Otherwise, you you don't let that negativity into what, again, is just cordial conversation, mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes not meant to go deeper. And so I've, I've always taken that to heart is – it, you could. It could be incredibly horrible, incredibly amazing. Um, and there's plenty of other words people can use, but it's it's that choice to figure out who to engage with at, at what depth to then protect yeah. your own mental health and your own energy. Glenn, as usual, it's great to have you on the show, brother. Hey, it's always my pleasure, brother. Take care. Yeah, make sure everybody checks out 76 Operators. You can talk about more about video games and all sorts of other great stuff that they're doing. Absolutely. Hey, we got, I'm going to throw it out here. We've got, and you'll put a link in here. We've got a uh, Xbox Series X yeah. giveaway along with a pair of uh, Gunner Pendleton blue light blocking glasses. They're actually the official, you can see some behind my shoulder too, uh, official gamer glasses of 76 operators. But I've, also I've good got a pair. The They're desk. awesome. They and, are uh, awesome. Chad Michael Collins, a mutual friend of ours, um, he's the voice of Alex in uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. He's involved with that. But uh, you can find out about that on 76operators.gg and, uh, heck, heck get, some, get some goodies and uh, meet some good people. Absolutely, brother. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thank you. It's been a pleasure.